What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, once again, joining me here on The Booch Cast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Absolutely. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to The Booch Cast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude and dudettes? Yes, this is me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott, speaking. 
I'm not broke yet. But, uh, Vinny, you go on with this real quick. Okay. Well, <laughs> as you can tell, ladies and gentlemen, things are a little bit different. Um, for some reason, uh, Zach did not want to be in studio. He insisted on doing this over the phone. I'm going to be honest. I ain't a fan of doing this over the phone, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, either it'll go really well or next week uh, his Irish ass will be back in the studio. So we'll see what happens. Um, anyway, anyway. Okay, so we kicked the set. We kicked the show off. We got an in-ring segment with the new NXT Tag Team Champions, Pretty Deadly, and uh, Prince and Wilson glowed about making history and beating the top four teams in NXT to do it. Uh, Gibson and Drake interrupt and say the only reason Prince and Wilson had a chance is because they weren't in the gauntlet match last week. Gibson and Drake won a shot at a title shot tonight. Legato Del Fantasma attacks everyone and the fight spills into the crowd. Braun Breaker jumps the barricade and grabs the mic. Breaker says he wants his father's Hall of Fame ring back and he wants Joe Gacy in the ring right now. Gacy appears on Tron and he tells Breaker to come and find him. Yeah, I saw this pretty well. Um, it was good. I'm not happy with Pretty Deadly having a tag teams, but it was a pretty good promo and uh, the good little young veterans uh, came out there and said what they said. I was like, yeah, I agree with you. If, I don't know what Grizzly Young Burns keep on getting screwed over. And then Brock Baker came out and uh, the wonderful, crazy, psychotic wannabe Charles Manson, Joe Gacy, was my fucking Brock Baker at that promo. What do you think, Benny? Uh, well, <laughs> that's pretty much what Joe Gacy does. Um, so obviously, you know, he's playing the mind games. He's taking his gimmick to a whole nother level, which I think is interesting. He's he's kind of getting away from the, the safe space kind of thing and it's starting to become more uh, sick and twisted, which I think is a, a good change for him. It's something he really needs to segue into. Um, he's got kind of the cult-like image that I felt he should have, so I was intrigued by that. Uh, I'm glad the Grizzled Young Veterans came out. I'm glad to see them getting more attention because, as we mentioned before, uh, they should be the NXT Tag Champs right now, if not the Creed Brothers. Um, yes. so at least one of those two teams should have that belt right now. Uh, but Pretty Deadly's got something going for them. You know, uh, they got a tag team name. They dress alike. They look alike. They've got something going, and they have a way of getting heat so it's uh i'm sold on pretty deadly i mean they are good they are a good tag team so uh you know it's intriguing to see and like i said they were nxt uk tag team champions and they are the first tag team to win the belts in their debut match on nxt so it was a great historic jump and something that uh needed to be thrown into nxt and up the tag team division so the creed brothers definitely should get the belt at some point but uh I'll, I want to say they'll live to get over another day, but with NXT and the WWE in general, nothing's for sure. Absolutely. That's always been the case. All right, there. Moving on there, Vinny. Yes, we got a, a tape segment here. We got Santos Escobar saying Carmelo needs to get to the back of the line when it comes to the North American Championship. I think I had to sort of agree with that. He had his chance. He lost. Camera grabs one to the moon. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, I saw that right there. I said that. I was like, no, 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 no. You lost. It's my turn this time, motherfucker. But didn't say motherfucker, Vinny. Well, yeah. I mean, we already saw Carmelo Hayes with the belt. I don't want to see another match with Carmelo Hayes in the North American title category. It's, you know, it's one of those things where when you start to build your gimmick around a championship, you back yourself into a corner where once you lose that championship, because everybody's got to drop the belt eventually, once that belt is gone, you lose your identity. 
And if you don't have an identity without the championship, you're not going to last long. Or you're not going to last long in the eyes of the fans. They're going to find you to be unwatchable. Because you need to have moments where you can be out of the title picture and then back in when the time is right. Those are the cha- those are the wrestlers that last the longest. Because when your whole gimmick is the title, then once you lose the belt, you have nothing to bring to the table. And I've seen that happen with a lot of superstars. A lot of wrestlers. Same here. So, same here, same here as well. And I don't want that to happen to Carmelo Hayes because of how talented he is. So, Oh, hell no. He's, tom- he's, tom- he's talented as hell. Yes. So... um. And of course, with uh, Santos Escobar, uh, he's definitely next in line for a North American title shot. But either way, regardless of who gets a shot, it's not time for uh, Cameron Grimes to drop it yet. So, oh hell no, he just got it the way, especially in the emotional way that he wanted. Yes. So now he's gonna hold on to that belt for I think at least a couple more months, at least at least more than a hundred days, like most of them have. All right, moving on. Yes. Uh, next, we got a backstage segment here. Hayes is with Trick Williams. He doesn't have to go to the back of the line. He created the line. He is the line. And Hayes is going to end Escobar tonight. Uh, like you just said before, I don't want Camille Hayes with the uh, North Square Championship. But once again, those two together, is, it's gold. I enjoyed it-ish. Well, yeah, it's it. This is the thing. Regardless, Carmelo Hayes always gets a great promo. Um, I still don't want to see him with the title, but it doesn't change the fact that his uh, promo skills are amazing. So it was still a great promo, and it made me excited for the match to take place later in the night. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, I'm moving on, Vinny. Yeah. All uh, right, let's go ahead. We finally have our our first official match of the evening. Here we have Saray versus Tiffany Stratton. Uh, this was actually uh, actually not that bad. Uh, but, uh, the, uh, the 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 little spoiled brat, um, cheerleader princess uh, Tiffany Stratton, even though she does it really really good, uh, won. But she got her um, revenge in a big way. It was a uh, back and forth real good. Saray, you she did a good work, but there's a lot of spots with her. But the way the uh, Tiffany Stratton once uh, she was at the rope, top of the rope, headbutter her one and then her finisher one two three. Yeah, and Tiffany Stratton definitely deserved the push because, you know, and here's the thing. I kind of like Saray in the ring a little bit. And to a degree, I can like her gimmick, uh, even though the necklace thing is kind of weird. You know, she goes from the uh, the uh, the little the little schoolgirl to Sailor Moon, and it's fucking weird. <laughs> but, but it's still entertaining when she's out there. And... But Tiffany Stratton is definitely somebody that's marketable. She's a great heel. And like I said, once she improves her in-ring skills, which from this match, I can clearly see she's getting there. This is a future NXT Women's Champion, no doubt about it. And it works because it's it's a a character and a heel that everyone can relate to. And that is the trick, is to be relatable. And she has that relatable gimmick. She's the spoiled brat. She's the whole, uh, I buy everything with daddy's money. When things don't go away, I, my way, I go crying to my daddy because I'm daddy's little princess. We've all met numerous fucking women who are like that. There's one of them now. More than we can count. We've met so many in our lifetime. Uh, if you, You've gone to school with, with a woman like this. You've dated a woman like this. God forbid some of you might even be married to a woman like this. And God have mercy on you if you are. Like, please, may God one day bless you with a more deserving type of woman. So... You know, like, but basically what he's trying to say there, gentlemen, don't go for looks. No, no, no. I'm not saying don't go for looks. Looks, look, don't, you know, the trick is not to go for just looks. Looks are important. If you're not sexually attracted to the person you're with, you're not going to have a good relationship. You're just not. 
You, you, on some level, you have to be sexually attracted to the person. Now, it depends on what type of girl turns you on. But I'm just saying that you don't want to date a girl who is spoiled like that. Because if her dad spoils her rotten, then when she gets married and the dad gives her away, she expects you to spoil her rotten. And fuck that in the ass with a spike dildo. Steel spike dildo. Mm. Fuck that. I ain't fitting to go that fucking route. No goddamn way. So, but it's still, it's a great gimmick. And like I said, this match was great. You know, uh, Saray locking in submission moves. Stratton able to keep up with her. No botches. And her corkscrew splash is amazing. So Tiffany is showing the athletic side to her, which is what she needs to do. But also showing that, you know, she still has that, you know, daddy kind of thing. It's great. Tiffany Stratton is a future star. And yes, yes, I do like her, and she's not bad looking either. Absolutely. And then next, we come to the backstage area where Breaker bulldozes his way past the grizzled young veterans. He's looking for Gacy. Breaker hears what sounds like his dad calling his name. Gives him a drink. I have no idea where Gacy is. Breaker finds the cage his father was in two weeks ago, and there's a recording of his voice playing. Gacy's voice plays. He tells Breaker that he told him family was everything and to come find him. Yeah, uh, this part right here, he was uh, looking for him, and this part that was kind of cool and kind of creepy was when he was uh, when Braun was in there full of uh, mirrors, and then you see Gacy background, and it's like hello, and then he turns around, and he's he's not there, and Braun Baker just goes, where are you? I was like, I was like, Gacy is my fucking Braun. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's crazy because, you know, they, they bring him to the cage where Rick Steiner was in. But yet, I, what I would have liked to have seen in this that I think would have made this way better, because I don't think this segment was that good, what would be if they walked in and, like, if there's a way we could look at the tablet or if there was, like, a big screen in the room and we could have seen what Gacy did to Rick Steiner before Braun got there. Like, if there was any torture happening, if there was any, like, abuse or something, you know, it would have made it much more intense than just hearing a tablet, slamming a tablet down and walking away. Like, it's... That makes sense. I would have liked... I mean, if you're going to go creepy, go all out. Go balls to the wall or not at all. That's how I feel about that. And then we cut to the backstage area. We see uh, Pretty Deadly shows up, and uh, they're talking with um, Persia Parada and... uh, Indy Hartwell, and basically they're talking about challenging them to a match, so Pretty Deadly thinks the girls want to wrestle with them, so they're like, oh yeah, they're flirting and everything, but then they reveal that who they want them to face is Duke Hudson and Dexter Loomis, and Pretty Deadly's like, eh, we'll take a rain check, and they take off. <laughs> I saw this too, it was like they were flirting with them, and all of a sudden the, uh, the boyfriend show up like, oh crap, oops. <laughs> it made me laugh right here, but otherwise I thought this was entertaining. Oh, it was very entertaining. And it's heel one-on-one, you know? It, you think the girls are the ones that want to wrestle, and you're like, all right, all right, baby. I'll also roll around with you in the ring. Hell yeah. But also the big-ass boyfriend shows up like, oh, crap. Yeah. Oops. Because <laughs> you're thinking, like, no, we want you to wrestle these guys. And then you're like, yeah, I got to go. Uh, but it was nice talking to you. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll think about that. We'll, 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 yeah, we'll yeah, give us yeah, the time yeah. to think it over. Because then they realize, like, yeah, we ain't fighting these motherfuckers. That's, that's a heel right there. It's like, you know, someone smaller than you wants to fight. You're like, yeah, bring it on. Then some big guy shows up and you're like, ah, hey, yeah, hi. Uh, uh, this, this your friend. Uh, you know what? I was just complimenting him on how great of a dresser he is. Did I, by the way, is that? 
that. Oh, and did I ever tell? Did I ever, did I mention your hair looks so nice? Did I mention that? <laughs> you know, and 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 oh, and I can see that you got that white teeth. And do I detect some minty freshness in the breath? Like I, I'll be leaving now, and you just take the fuck off. <laughs> exactly. Like like like, like uh, we talked about like with Jar Jar Binks and uh, Phantom Menace. I gave up. I gave up. Like nope, I don't want to get my ass ticked. Time to go. But to loo. Yes. I know. It's like you go like somebody calls you pussy. It's like uh, <laughs> I want to keep my bones and my teeth. Thank you very much. But otherwise than that, I thought this gimmick was great. So I'm moving on. Yes. So because of the backstage area with uh, Grayson Waller, who apparently fired Sangha. Did I? I, I must have missed this because I don't remember. Yeah, this. I, I I did too. I didn't realize he did this. Like wait a minute. Wait. What? I was like, okay. They're not going to do this on TV? All right, that's odd. But he calls Sangha dead weight, and then Andre Chase and Bodhi both tell Waller that this is a teachable moment. And then Sangha bursts in, chases Waller to the ringside area. A referee appears and rings the bell. So so, uh, (laughs) before we get to the match, how'd you feel about this backstage thing? The backstage thing was kind of funny. I did not know that Grace Waller fired Sandra, and he was talking with – with uh, Andre Chase and Buddha, Budhi, after you say his name, and Sangha pay, uh, bursts through the door, and Grace Waller goes, oh, shit, look, and takes off running like what we were just talking about. So, yeah, I was like, and then the referee's in the ring. All right, ring, ring the bell. Moving on. Yes. Next match. Well, uh, here we got the, we cut, and then we get to move on to that next match of the evening, right as the bell rings, Grayson Waller versus Sangha. Yeah, this is actually um, not that bad. But um, I saw that it was back and forth. It was good. I was like, Grayson Waller, majority of the time, kept on running away from him because look what the size of him because Sanchez is a big guy. But uh, it on. It was a good match. I enjoyed it highly. Uh, then Grayson Waller hits his finisher. One, two, three. But it was good. It was good. Not that many spots in it. And Grayson Waller, was, of course, was brilliant as always. Well, yeah, that's because he understood psychology in this match. Because that was the key thing here. Because Sangha is a big motherfucker that will destroy you. So if for Grayson Waller to get the win, he has to outsmart the big guy. And that's another aspect of wrestling people need to understand. Is when you got a big guy like that, you can't go, unless you're a big guy as well, you can't go with him toe-to-toe. You can't do that. It's not believable. You got to chop the big man down, as they say. And that's kind of what he did because he, for example, you know, Walla kicked him in the knee. That's that's the key thing to dealing with a big guy when someone's bigger and stronger than you. You attack the legs. You ch- it's called chopping the big man down like, like a tree. You go bam, 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 timber, boom, he falls. That's how it works. <laughs> So you got to attack the knee, so then when you attack the knee, he's got to go down, at least to one knee. And then you can hit a couple punches to the face, because he's level with you, and everything else. But then eventually, the big man's got to get back up, hit that shoulder block, and he breaks the count by grabbing the bottom rope. So he does the rope break. That way, he's not kicking out on the big guy. Like The big guy just leveled you. One, two, grabs the rope. That's, that's why the rope break is there. It's a way to kick out without kicking out. Getting a foot on the rope, grabbing the rope, doing whatever to break the counts, and then, then that way it keeps the match going but still allows the big guy to stay strong. So then, like I said, he follows him out of the ring. He goes for a choke slam. He counters it, sends him into the ring post. As he sends him into the ring post, that's how he hits the rolling stunner because, again, while the big man's selling and trying to, he's all dizzy and shit, trying to figure out where he is and what day it is. Boom, there's the stunner. Yep. 
Lost so, two, three. I, yes, and again, it's believability and timing. That's what makes Grayson Waller awesome, and that's why his rolling stunner is a great finisher because he times it. Him and the opponent time it perfectly to where it doesn't look stupid. Now, there have been times where he's done it and the other guy looks stupid, but lately, the timing's been done very well because Grayson has to time it, and so does the opponent. He has to time it in a way to where it doesn't look like he's just standing there waiting for the move. You got to set it up to where it's like you turn around and by the time you turn around, he's already got your head. So you didn't have time to react. Because if you got time to react and you don't react, it looks fake. So the fact that Grayson Waller and Saga and everybody else he's worked with, except for maybe one or two people, have gotten the timing down, it works. And that's why this match was great. Because Grayson Waller got a victory by outsmarting the bigger, stronger wrestler. Yep, that he did, that he did. All right, then, moving on. Yes, we cut to the backstage area. We got Roxanne Perez, who talks about her in-ring debut next week. I uh, can't remember who she's facing. Um, facing Natalia? Uh, no. Who's she facing? Uh, she, uh, she got uh, challenged by uh, Jesse Jane. Okay, because Tatsuya tries to interrupt. Uh, Rose tells Perez not to set her hopes too high. Perez pensively thanks Rose. Jane says Perez is already getting a big head and challenges her to a match tonight. Perez says she will figure something out. Yeah, I saw this right here. and uh, They gave her, I'm wondering, is she related to anybody, Roxanne Perez? Nobody that I'm aware of. Okay, I'll I just, wait, I, her face looks familiar. I was like, wait a minute. I heard this day before that she's supposed to be related to somebody, but... All right, I saw this right there. It was a good. It was a good typical promo. A typical girl. This and that. Sorry, I was like, okay, yeah, all right. Then uh, she said, "I was. I'll be debuting next week." Toxic Traction comes out. Just says, "Screw that. Challenge me." And she goes like, "I have to figure this out." I was like, uh, "If I was you, I was like, all right, let's do this." The same, but otherwise, I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so I like the fact they're kind of moving it up. But uh, apparently, here's the interesting information we got on Roxanne Perez. Apparently, she is a she was used to wrestle in Ring of Honor, and her name was Rock C. And okay. she is the first ever Ring of Honor Women's Champion. Really? Yes. Because oh. for the longest time, to my knowledge, Ring of Honor didn't have women's wrestling. They even have a women's division. And yeah, she uh yeah, she won she became the first ever women's champion at Death Before Dishonor. She defeated uh, Miranda Lee's in the finals of the tournament. That I believe the tournament was last year, if I remember correctly. And then she dropped the title uh to Deanna Perrazzo during her imp- during an impact wrestling TV taping back in January. And hmm. she's been training since she was thirteen years old and when she was sixteen, she enrolled in Booker T's wrestling school. So apparently for the first three years, she was training somewhere else. But then when she was 16, she got further training for Booker T. So she's one of Booker T's students. Which is, I guess, that's a good thing. Well, yeah. Booker T. Booker T's always been a phenomenal wrestler. So to learn from Booker T is a big deal. He's the he's a six-time world heavyweight champion and one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. That's very, very true, sir. Very, very true. All right. Anything else you have to say? Nope. On that note, we're moving on here, and we see uh, a pissed-off Cora Jade, who uh, apparently ripped up a picture of her and Natalia as a way of basically saying she's uh, 
no longer uh no longer a fan of Natalia, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh Zach, how'd you feel about this? What the hell happened here? Uh I didn't really see this, but um I guess I was in the bathroom, but from what I could uh, from what you said, that's basically what she says is I'm done with you. You wanna hit me? You're fine. I'll be a fan that turns against you and beats your ass. <laughs> this right here I was like, okay, Cora J gets Natalia and Cora J of course needs to win. I'm not a fan of Natalia. I don't know why she's in even in NXT. <laughs> she's there to I guess to elevate the women. Um, but also to elevate herself, and we'll get into more about that a little later in the show. But the re- the main reason she's there is to bring star power. That's what they're doing because Raw and NXT are both on the USA Network, so they're trying to bring Raw superstars over to NXT. Basically, the ones that aren't really getting any storylines, that aren't really doing anything, and could be beneficial to. The brand, they want to bring them in to, because also you have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of green, very green wrestlers in NXT. This is not, NXT has gone back to what it was originally supposed to be, a developmental show. It has got people who are still training, people who are not quite ready for the big time. And by putting young guys in the ring or young gals in the ring with established talent, Puts the talent over. Now, here's the thing. Putting them over, and this is a key thing that people forget, and I, I want to take a moment to talk about this. Putting someone over doesn't always mean you lose to them. Putting them over also means they look good in the match, where even if you win, your opponent looks amazing because they put up one hell of a fight. They t- they fought out of your submission or they kicked out of your finish or they you no matter what you did, you couldn't put them down and you had to go to extreme lengths to win. The best example of this was the U.S. Open Challenge from John Cena. Every time Cena had somebody come out to that ring and accept that Open Challenge, they put on a phenomenal match. And the guy fought his ass off, but in the end, Cena was able to outsmart them by either hitting an attitude adjustment out of nowhere or going to the top row, hitting a big one, getting the one, two, three, and the victory. But it wasn't seen as John Cena dominating somebody. It was seen as John Cena being the veteran who outsmarted them if they made one teeny tiny little mistake. So that's pretty much what Natalia needs to do here because she does need to get some wins under her belt. She can't lose every match she comes to NXT in. But the people she does lose to need to be people that you're going to realistically elevate. That's what it does. You find all the scrubs that you are not ready to push yet, and you have Natalia whoop every single one of their asses. And then when you got somebody, okay, here's somebody we can make money with. Here's somebody that's a star. Here's a future a women's champion. That's who needs to beat Natalia. I would even go as far as to say, if you're not ready for any of them to beat Mandy Rose, have Natalia do it. And then have whoever you want your main person to be. In fact, here's what I would do. I would have Natalia kick some ass. And if she does lose to anybody, it would be one or two people, maybe. Have her go against Mandy Rose, beat Mandy Rose, win the title, and have Cora Jade take the belt from Natalia. So when Cora gets her win over Natalia, which she needs to do, she takes the belt in the process that's like in the way way future but i could definitely see that happening because you've been you've been right before when it comes to these situations so yeah i can see that happening right there so moving on yes so we move on to the next match of the evening but before that match starts fallon henley attacks electra lopez mm-hmm. so we move on to the next match of the evening if we even want to call it that okay. we have uh the grizzled young veterans versus legato del fantasma uh squash 
Yes. Yeah, I, 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 this is uh, a squash match I'm not very happy about. I'm, I, the Grizzly Young Veterans are talented, so good at what they do, and they keep on getting fucked over. But otherwise than that, I was like, okay. I was like, ugh. Yeah. to me. So, Benny, go they, ahead. They deserve better, and this was trash. This was trash. The Grizzle Young crap. Veterans, to me, deserve better than Legato del Fantasma. I'm not impressed oh, yeah. by this faction. I'm not. They have not impressed me. I'm bored with them. I still think Electra should have went with Zion Quinn. This whole thing is fucking ridiculous. It's not benefiting anyone. And the Grizzle Young Veterans, they deserve better. They're a they legit badass fucking tag team. And you're burying them under a team that, in my opinion, these two guys, they're fucking worthless. Santos and Electra are the only two people in Legado del Fantasma that fucking matter. These two don't fucking matter. Wild and Mendoza are boring as shit and have no yeah, business winning this you. match. So, yeah, this this is one of the matches. I was like, okay, can we get this done with? So, otherwise than that, moving on. Yes. We cut to the badge area, and we have an interesting thing here. We have an exclusive interview with Wes Lee, who is <laughs> the other half of MSK and and first of all first of all first of all before I even get to what else happened here this is the most uncomfortable interview I've ever fucking seen in NXT <laughs> and the reason it's so uncomfortable is because Wes has to pretend like his partner didn't just get fired we're just gonna glance over that yep. can't address anything the, the fact that yeah my, my tag team partner who I held the tag team titles with, got fired for allegedly beating up his girlfriend or wife or whoever the fuck she is and having a picture posted on social media of him wearing a Hitler mustache and going, Say Heil! You don't get to talk about any of that? Yeah. Oh, look, I, I get that it's PG. I get it. I get it. I get that it's PG. But this shit is all over social media. It's, it's out there. We know already. You can't just pretend that shit didn't happen. It affected your storyline dramatically. In fact, it affected things so much, you didn't even let MSK drop the tag belts on TV. You just got rid of the guy and stripped them of the belts. Like I said, you could have easily done a kayfabe kind of thing. Hey, let's bring him in, have them drop the belts, then release him, and then we can say something like, I don't know, have a commissioner come out and go, uh, you know, make up something, you know, MSK, fire the guy, whatever, make a match where you lose, you're fired. And then you can fire them, but then you, you legit fire the one guy, and Wes Lee kind of have him sit at home for a few months, and then eventually reinstate him. Or something. He can fight to get his job back or whatever. But the fact that he just had to talk as if that didn't happen, to me, that's that's worse. So he's trying to go through this whole, get my confidence, who am I, blah, blah, blah. He tried. I'll give him credit. He fucking tried. He did his job, and he did it okay. And then Zion Quinn comes out trying to get advice or whatever, and Wes ain't having it. So now, pretty much, he wants to have a match with Zion Quinn. I don't know. Zach, how'd you feel about all this? I held shit with Groovy. Seriously, you're not going to talk about what you did, and you're there. I was like, and then Sally Quinn comes up to like, no, I'm sick of your mouth. Let's get in the ring. So hopefully later tonight we see Zion Quinn knock that ugly-ass afro off that kid's head. (laughs) And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams versus Santos Escobar. This was good, but there's one problem, Vinny. You know what that was? What? This is way too fucking long. 
Did you realize that? Yes, was, very long. It was, it was way too long. It was great. I was like, okay, can we finally fucking end this? I was like, okay, this is getting too long here. Come on now, finish this. But otherwise, that um, they went back and forth while it was good. It was physical. There was psychology in it, and uh, there um, for a minute there, Carmelo uh, Hayes is a step. But as soon as a couple of minutes, couple of minutes later, uh, Santa Escrow had the upper hand. He threw Carmelo's out, uh, dove out of the ring, hit him, and then you see these two guys with hats. It, uh, uh, Escrow looked at one of them, <clears throat> excuse me, and then uh, tipped his hat. And the other guy hit him with in the back of the knee, threw him back in the wind. Uh, Carmelo Hayes hit his finisher. One, two, three. Winner, Carmelo Hayes. Vinny. This is a very good match. It was good, but it's too long. Well, yes, <laughs> you said that. Now it's my turn. Um, but yeah, so this was um a very good match. Um, a little on the lengthy side, but I guess because they really wanted to uh, tear the house down with this one. Uh, but of course, the two guys come out and attack Escobar, which makes sense because obviously they're in suits, primo suits, which means that and you can tell because of the suits and the fedora. They work for the Don, you know, taking him out the knee like this is straight up Italian stuff. You know, you you disrespect the Don and now you got to pay the consequences. I'm going to keep paying the consequences. That's what he's doing. So they take out Escobar (laughs) in the knee with a crowbar. Makes perfect sense because that was, uh, you know, the Don's weapon of choice. Hayes is finished because the one, two, three. Everything works out great. Carmelo gets the win. Then, of course, after the match. Uh, Hayes says he's taking his title back at spring break-in, which apparently is the next uh, big event in two weeks. Uh, and then since Williams took out Solo Sequoia, there's anyone left standing in his way. Cameron Grimes walks to the ring and says Hayes wasn't man enough to face him last week. Sequoia appears in the ring, takes out Williams, and destroys Hayes with a pop-up Samoan drop. And then Sequoia gets in Grimes' face and says he's got next, and then walks out. Yeah, I saw this right here. Um, I, I did enjoy this promo right here. I did. I was like, so. But it looks like we're gonna see. Uh, what are we gonna see at the stand deliver? No, this isn't stand deliver. This is spring breaking. Oh, spring breaking. Sorry. Oops. Yeah. But, uh, sorry about this. And it was good. I was like, so. I don't know, man. A triple threat match for the fucking North American Championship. No, it's not gonna be a triple threat. It's not gonna be a triple threat. It's not. No, because Solo looked when after Solo Sequoia took out both those guys, he got in. Uh, Cameron's face. Remember, oh. they kind of stare each other down, but they didn't okay. swing at each other because they got respect for each other. But he wanted revenge. So he took them out, and then he looked in the eye and he says, "I got next." What that means is, if Car- if Cameron Grimes beats Carmelo Hayes at Spring Break-in, Solo says, "I'm coming after you. Take care of this. I'm coming for you." So he made his, and Cameron kind of looked at him like, okay, okay. So Solo was basically saying, I'm your next challenger. So he's telling them, no, go to spring break in, have your match, but just know after you win that match, your next title defense will be against me. So that means it's not going to be a triple threat. If they make it a triple well, threat, that's fucking stupid. That they better not. That, yeah. that was my fault. Oops. My apologies right there, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, dude. Oops, 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 oops. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the match. It was just, it was lengthy, but it was a very, very good match. Okay, then moving on. Yes. So next we move on to uh, Braun Breaker, who's on the hunt for uh, Joe Gacy. Uh, he walks around. Next thing you know, he's in a room full of mirrors. And there's a close-up on a weird angle shot on Braun Breaker. He's looking around. And then eventually he looks into a mirror. He sees uh, Joe Gates. He's kind of standing behind it. He turns around, knows he's not there, breaks all the mirrors, and he's walking around basically yelling, Where are you? 
are you? And takes off. Yeah, I saw this right too. Once again, a brilliant mind fuck from Bob from Joe Gacy. Ugh. I like this right here. I like that. I was like, oh man, this is serial killer stuff right here that you see on uh, on the big screen sometimes, or like in a book or a TV show. Criminal Minds for something like this. It was definitely, definitely good. I definitely enjoyed it. It was highly entertaining. Yeah. It? Oh yeah, it was definitely had some supernatural aspects to it. You know, the whole like vision in the mirror, nobody's there, old school. And at first you're gonna sit there going, "What the fuck is the cameraman doing?" But then you realize the reason he's standing there is because he's in a room full of mirrors and he doesn't want to be seen in the shot. That, that makes sense right there. Yeah. So at first you're kind of like, what the fuck's he doing? Then you realize, yeah, he's trying not to be in a situation where he looks in the mirror and you see the guy with the camera right behind him. Yeah, that was like, well, oops. Because it winds up taking you out of the whole thing. Yeah, pretty much right there. Pretty much, pretty much. All right, this was good right here. All right, moving on. Yes, next we move on. We're at the Diamond Mine uh, gym, and apparently Roderick Strong and Malcolm Bivens are getting into an altercation, and apparently uh, Roger's not happy with the losing streak Diamond Mine is on. He takes pride in being the leader of the group. Apparently Malcolm doesn't take too kindly to being talked down to, but he's basically saying he's going to start making examples out of people if they keep losing. Yeah, I saw this right here. I mean, where the hell has Roger Strong been in the first place? I mean, for real, Malcolm Bivens is the one who's actually building this team up or trying to. It's not really his fault due to lazy booking, but that's just me on the other hand. But right this way right here, I was like, do not break up the diamond mind and keep this going. Roger Strong, go do your own thing. I don't know why he's there. I haven't seen him. Well, here's the thing. Um, is This could lead, it depends on where Roger Strong's contract is. Like, if his contract's set to expire soon, he could be getting kicked out of his own group. They might do a mutiny, kick him out, maybe have somebody else come in and be the new leader of Diamond Mine. They could be doing that. Because that because there's a chance that Roger Strong may want to go to AEW. Uh, and the reason for that would be because, A, his wife is there, True. and, B, uh, he might want to be part of the uh, Undisputed Click or something like that, or whatever that group is that Adam Cole and Red Dragon are calling themselves. Undisputed Elite. Elite, right. Sorry. I don't know why I thought click. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know this better than me. Well, so, well, well, I'm sorry I can't keep up with all these fucking names. They change their names every fucking week. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm just fucking with you. But like, this was plus right Ad- here or something. Like Adam Cole's with the Bucks. We're the super click. I'm like, you guys are such posers. Anyway, but <laughs> that's not that's, that's another story for another podcast. But anyway, we got uh, after this move on to the next match of the evening. We got Natalia versus Tatum Paxley. I thought this was going to end quickly, but it didn't. Tana Paxley put up a hell of a freaking fight. She did for her age. I was like, okay, go over to get the All right, buddy. Did you call, do you call this a match? Yes, I was surprised. Uh, yes, me too. I was like, wow, this is good. It was entertaining to me. If she's going to put up this kind of fight against Natalia, she needs to start yeah. getting some kind of push. Like, she needs yeah. to start, you, you need to start getting on TV every week. You don't need to be a champion yet, but you need to start getting more TV time and more matches. Because if you if there's no plan to give her matches, there's no reason to give her a fight. I expected this to be a squash immediately. I was I was expecting a squash match. It wasn't a squash match, so that means they see something in Tatum, and she and she put up one hell of a fight and did very well. She got lots in the sharpshooter, tapped out as well as she should because she's not a star. And Natalia got a win, which is what she needed. Yes, she did. Yeah, that was actually really, really good. I I enjoyed this highly. All right, then moving on. Yes, we get to the backstage area where uh, Tony D'Angelo claims to have no idea who the two guys were that attacked Escobar, and he's a little insulted that they're accusing the Don of such things. Um. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
he's in a sum of everything. Right. The only thing he didn't left behind is something else. But otherwise, you know, this was actually pretty good with Tony D. He was like, like I didn't know who those people were. I was like, mm-hmm, sure, you didn't try yeah. to put in a person. Hey. <laughs> Look, I didn't see nothing. I don't know nothing. Don't subpoena me. Yeah, you're too busy going eating pasta and getting cholesterol. Exactly. So I ain't got time to be going around hiring people. Mm-hmm. True, dude. I got I got more important things to do in my time. Yeah, I got more important things to do, dude, too. So I'm saying. It's. I'm just saying. It makes perfect. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. You yeah, know, his story sense. checks out. No, don't. So on that note, we move on to the next segment here. We got Natalia bragging again about how great she is, even though she looks like she got. She, even though she looks. Like, is this me or she looked like she got a facelift up close? Like something's wrong with her face. Something's definitely wrong with her face. Either she got a facelift or she's wearing too much makeup or something, but she her face is like creepy. Or both. Or both. Yeah, and that's even worse. So yeah, of course, true, but uh go ahead. Sorry. So of course Nikita Lyons shows up and says she's coming for Natalia. And she says she'll lock you in the, when I lock you in the sharpshooter, you'll know what to do. And she goes, I'm flexible. And then Natalia mm-hmm. had nothing to say. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're not she was um Nikita uh, came up. I didn't realize how big she was. She was actually tower over the top. I was like, okay, okay. And then she says, after I'm done with Flash Legend, I'm coming after you. And she said that to the I was like, all right, I think Nikita probably might lose, but at least she, hopefully she puts up a good match like uh, what happened. Well, here's the thing. If she's going to face Natalia, she shouldn't lose. I don't want to see if you're not ready for Nikita to beat Natalia, don't book the match. Yeah, don't book it's, the match. It's a bad idea because Nikita is a star in the making. Very, very true. Very, she's very one of those true. people very that need she's one of the few people that needs a victory over Natalia. Because she needs in order to in order to build her stock and get her ready for a title match or get her ready for to be in the title picture. So if you're not ready for Natalia to lose, don't book the match. And like I said, it could be a pinfall victory, it could be something, you know, but I do not want to see Nikita lose to Natalia. And if she does lose to Natalia, it needs to be a five star. Natalia has to pull every dirty trick in the book because she can't keep the bitch down. Like it needs to be a knockdown, drag him out. 15, 20 minute fucking masterpiece if Nikita's not going over. Yeah, I agree with you on that, sir. So, all right, then, moving on. Yes, move on to the next match of the evening. We got Wesley versus Zion Quinn. Uh, do you call this a match? Um, A little bit. Uh, Lee did put up a good fight. I mean, Zion, Qu- Zion Quinn whooped some ass, but <laughs> Lee Lee definitely fought. He did. He did. I was, I was like, I automatically knew this was going to, uh, how this was going to happen. It wasn't really a squash, but he put up a good fight. Then one, two, three, Zion Kong wins. Oh, dude, that was going to happen anyways. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a pretty good, it was a decent match. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, edge of your seat. Oh, my God, this is amazing. And the right, right person won. But in the end, it was just... You know, it did what it needed to do. It served a purpose. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. All right, then. Moving on. Yes. And we move on to the next match of the evening here. We got Roxanne Perez versus JC Jane with Toxic Attraction. Actually, this was better than I thought it was going to be. And uh, the way they built up Roxanne Perez, there was no way she was going to lose this match. And what was funny was the distraction <laughs> with Wendy Chu. I love her. <laughs> God, I love her. Fuck you, Gator. But she's amazing. No offense. Why is she wearing yeah. pajamas? <laughs> Here's the answer. I don't know, and I don't give a fuck because this is entertaining as hell. Uh, it's been a big house. It's been a big house. There's no God. There's no God. 
<laughs> He's gonna kill us. We're gonna get phone calls. He's gonna cuss us out. But go ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> apparently, so Wendy to destroy the toxic lounge. Then the confusion. Perez surprises surprises Jane. Hits the code red. Gets the one two three. Uh, Roxanne Perez wins. So JC Jane, of course, is shot. The toxic attraction is shot, and of course, it's causing numerous fucking problems. So eventually, Wendy Chu is gonna have to get a shot at, at toxic attraction, whether it's for the women's title or the tag belts, whatever. But the question yeah, is, who would she get to team with her? Probably, I think she would have to reunite with Dakota Kai since Raquel's already been called up to the main roster. Very true, or very true, or, nah, I can't say Roxanne Perez, but you never know. <laughs> you don't know anymore. Things are unpredictable. Uh, <laughs> very, very true. Yes. So, next we move on to the parking lot. We got Legato Del Fantasma. They're walking to their vehicle. Escobar says he doesn't care about Hayes now. He wants the two guys who attacked him. When they get to their truck, there's a boot on the wheel and a fish on the hood. Escobar says it's pretty uh, obvious who did this. Um, okay, the fish on the hood. The, the Go ahead. Mm. You know, the Don had to send a message, and that's what the fuck he did. <sighs> Swear to God. Okay, I'm, I'm tired of this. Okay, I sh- Oh, you Italians! Yeah, just, the dead fish. Can, hey, with the dead fish, cause you at least like you know fry it up, cook it up, like in the, uh, put some tartar sauce with some uh, with a side of corn and maybe a couple of things of fried okra. What am I, the fucking cook? This ain't about. This ain't about. This ain't about. First of all, 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 I don't cook. I gotta cook. I hire a cook. Or I go to my mom's house and she cook, okay? Second of all, when I'm sending a message, I ain't sending a message to feed people. The whole purpose of the fish is to make the cars smell bad. That's what the point of the fucking fish is. That's why it's still alive. That's I mean, that's why it's raw. That's why it's like that. It's to send a message. Like, hey, that's the calling card. All the great ones lead their mock. And I left my mock for them. Because I'm letting them know they crossed the Don. And that fish is who they're going to be sleeping with. All now, right, personally, so Escobar going to sleep with the fishes while I fucking sleep with Electra. So anyway, mm. on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening for the NXT Tag Team Titles. Pretty Deadly defends the titles against Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson. I thought this was going to suck, but this was actually a set of fucking match. It was funny at the beginning, but then again, Dexter Loomis and Duck Houston started working real, real good together. It was back and forth. Pretty Deadly, she, they impressed me. The only problem with them, I don't like the gimmick, but maybe they're not spot monkeys after all. After all, they do spots, but otherwise than that, I thought this was actually really, really good. And the winners are still the tag team uh, champions, the one to be Motley Crue Groupie slash Pretty Deadly. Yeah, I thought it was a very good match. I was kind of hoping that uh, Dexter and Hudson were uh, going to win this, um, but obviously Pretty Deadly, they got a pretty good role going here. But I wouldn't mind seeing Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson with the tag belts. I, I really wouldn't mind it. In fact, here's what I would like to see down the road. I'd like mm. to see Dexter and Duke have the NXT tag belts, and then Persia Pariah and Indy Hartwell have the women's tag belts, and they all hold them at the same time. Yeah. I think it'd be fucking great. I think that would be great. I think that'd be very, very good. Yeah, because, you know, especially since uh, Dexter and Duke are learning how to communicate. Somewhat. <laughs> that was fucking funny as hell in the locker room. <laughs> 
I was waiting. <laughs> I would have liked it if like Duke was just staring at him and kind of like nodding his head, and then Dexter nodded his head, and somehow they both just fucking knew what was going on. That would have made that so much better. Yeah, for a second there, I thought Duke Huxley was about to have was taking a crap or don't know about to have a seizure. Yeah, that looked dumb. I would have liked it better. If they just kind of stared at each other, maybe like <laughs> moved a head, moved an eyebrow or something, and at the end of it, both of them put a thumbs up and walk out, and then you kind of have Indy and Persia sitting there going. Fuck was that? <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like this thing with uh, with those four, but they actually, I was like, you know what? It's actually you know working. Yeah, <laughs> because it takes a certain kind of skill, and Dexter Loomis has that skill of nonverbal oh, yeah, communication. Like the only the only time he's spoken at all in NXT was when he said "I do" to Indy Hartwell. I remember that we were at the we were at the studio. Yeah. But otherwise, I thought, I thought this was actually uh, was very very good card tonight, Vinny. What do you think? Thought it was a great card, great show. But yeah. I'll, yeah, this is actually entertaining as hell. Yes, but of course it's not over yet because Joe Gacy appears on the bird's nest and Gacy calls for Breaker to join him. Breaker stomps down the ringside, climbs up the bird's nest. Gacy tells Breaker that if he wants his father's Hall of Fame ring back, all he has to do is ask. Gacy says, I'll give it to you. No tricks, just one condition. I want a title match at spring break-in. Braun Breaker says, you got it. Gacy gives Breaker the ring, puts it right in the pocket. And then Gacy tells Breaker he just needs to take a leap of faith. Breaker is confused. Gacy pushes Breaker off the platform. He's on the ground, writhing in pain. And the hooded fingers stand over him as the show goes off the air. Perfect way to end a good card. This right here was actually really, really good. And then Joe Gacy says, all you have to do is just ask is give me a title shot. And then Becker's like, that's all you want. And it's like, as soon as you gave him, as soon as Braun Breaker put the ring back in his pocket, he just looks up at him and just, and Joe Gacy takes a breath and goes, take a leap of faith and pushes him off the platform. I thought that was, I was like, all right, all right. Joe Gacy says, like, this is a statement right there. And in the ring, Joe Gacy can actually move, so. Yeah. We'll see what happens. And I liked it. I liked the fact that he gave him the title shot and he just gave him back the ring. I like that because it's, it, it's what Gacy would do. You know, he's very big on just here's what I want. Here's your ring back because that's his character. You know, how the whole like, this is, keep in mind, this is a guy who would beat people in the ring, pick them up and give them a hug afterwards. Like, hey, good sportsmanship. This is a safe space. That's the thing. So it fits so, so. the gimmick. So, and plus, it doesn't make sense to keep dragging on having the Hall of Fame rings. Give him back the damn ring and that part of it. But I will say this. That's the weakest fucking push I've ever seen. I know. That looked pathetic. <laughs> it was like you didn't even try. It like you didn't even try. Just like it was like it was like the it was like a sissy push. And Breaker had to sell for that. That was dumb. And then of course the hooded figures, that was okay. And so they were kind of standing over him. They weren't really doing anything. It looked it looked really weird. Fair enough. And fair then enough, Breaker's just gonna enough. get off me or let me go or whatever. And that that worked, I guess. But either way, that that push was so sissy. Like, dude, if you're gonna shove me, fucking shove me. Yeah, I just go and then go just actually go just go like not tap and just go bye bye and actually you know shove the dude. You're a wrestler. Don't look like a bitch. Yeah, I mean the only logical explanation I can think of for why you get that sissy push is so that Breaker could control the bump. Well, that's also a believable thing too. But here's an idea: put some padding down. I mean, don't put a full blown crash pad. We can clearly see. But, like, maybe put some padding down or something to make it look like it's not going to hurt as much, and then he sells it. Or like, there's, true, ways yeah. you could, there's ways they could have did that to make it look better. Very, very true. All right. Okay, then. Yes, uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up uh, this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, I uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us, and I uh, look forward to talking to you next week. Uh, I'll, uh, I will be here and over there. I'll be anywhere. 
Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Seuss. Hey, 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 wait a minute. I'm going to be so I can appear anywhere, motherfuckers. Yeah. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Breaker. Breaker. And Google Podcast. Google Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out all the great YouTube content we got. And make sure you guys hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified so you'll know when the new content will be dropping on the channel. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, July the 30th for WWE SummerSlam. We're still trying to work out the kinks on that, but either way, July 30th, we will be live for SummerSlam on the Twitch channel. Also, we got our live D&D show (coughs) coming up later this year, so make sure you guys get ready for that. Also, we have our Boochcast booking battles that take place later this year. So we're still trying to figure out the kinks on that, but that will be coming. And, of course, make sure you guys support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at with prizes coming soon. The first level you can donate at is for 99 cents per month. This is for people who want to donate but don't have a lot of money and don't want to break the bank. You know, last thing we would ever ask you guys to do is break the bank or sacrifice a payment or feel pressure to donate money to the show. We know you guys got mouths to feed and bills to pay. So if all you can do is listen to the show and share the link to everyone you know, you're still doing us a great service and we appreciate it. But if you still want to put a little skin in the game, the 99 cents level is for you. Why is that? Because... It's 99 cents. You're not going to miss it, but it will help us out a great deal because every little bit helps us keep the Boochcast thriving. The second level you can donate at is for $4.99 per month, the same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there are fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So do that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content in the network. And unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option to pay with a credit card or with GPay. And of course, the money we raise from this show goes back into the show in some capacity. We use the money to upgrade our equipment. We use it to bring in bigger name guests pay our bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host, you believe it's going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any okay. money left over, when it's all okay. said and done, we use the rest of the money to feed uh, this gentleman here, Ramen Noodles, and try, I swear to God, we're trying, I'm really, really trying, 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 trying to get him laid. <laughs> and until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been the Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. And
Thank you. And you. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.